0: Hey, that's nice. Here we go. Hey, girl, you just tuned into the Brittany Smith podcast. You're tuned in because either you're an entrepreneur, a mama, or both, and sometimes you just need a minute to, well, just be. And on this show, you'll get a lovely mixture of business and branding genius, faith and motivation. And if you're a mama, you understand conversations, because let's be honest, we are fabulously multifaceted and amazing. So thanks for popping by. I'm really glad you're here. Girl, let's get into it here on the Britney Smith podcast. Hello, hello, hello everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Brittany Smith podcast. I'm your host Brittany M. Smith and you guessed it. We are back with another amazing expert and she knows what I do y'all, you know, and so I'm excited that this conversation is going to get really juicy really quickly because she can relate to me and I can relate to her. Um, And if you guys enjoy the work that I do in my business, I know that you're going to benefit from what she does in her business. Um, So today's guest, we have Natasha Ho, and she's all the way from Seattle. So we are literally a whole nation apart from each other right now recording this podcast, but that is the beauty of technology. So Natasha, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me here, Brittany. I'm excited to chat with you. Yay, yeah, yeah. So I want you, Natasha, to start off. First of all, you guys, just in case you didn't know, the N in Brittany N. Smith stands for Natasha. So you've got two Natashas here. That means this is really about to get crazy. (laughs) Because I feel like, I feel like sidebar. I feel like Natasha is kind of like a mysterious, like, Tough but yet beautiful kind of thing going on. Like, yeah,
1: I liked my name because when I was growing up, not everybody had my name. It was a little bit more unique, and then it was like people always thought it was like a Russian spy kind of name.
0: Yeah, exactly, Russian <laughs> spy. That's exactly. So, like, I feel like we have that kind of thing going on on yeah. the outside. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so Natasha, tell us who you are and what you do in your own words.
1: Yes, I am Natasha Ho. I'm the owner of The All In Woman, and I work with expert creatives, coaches, and consultants to help them attract clients that love to pay them and that they love to work with. And uh, the work that I do, I'm a marketing strategist, I'm a growth consultant, and all of that really stems from my experience growing my own business, as well as learning how to market big multinational brands. So like a lot of other people, especially women color i got the message growing up you got to go to school and get a good job and that's the path to success so i follow the rules (laughs) i went to the prestigious school i got the degree i got the job and it honestly, like I was, I was in PR and marketing for 15 years and I was climbing up the corporate ladder. But I remember at one point I looked at my boss and I was like, I don't want my boss's job. So what do I, what do I do from here? And That's it just true. wasn't that fulfilling for me at a certain point. Cause I was just like, okay, I'm helping build these, these other companies up. And so I knew for a while that I wanted to do something on my own, but I couldn't quite navigate what that was or how to grow the business. And so I was trying different things like side hustles. Uh, And then 2020 came along and I lost my corporate job. And so I was thrown into the deep end of figuring out what I wanted to do next. And so I had... Uh, eight month old baby. I had a mortgage and doctor's bills and all of this. And of course, I decided to add to that
0: mix. I'm going to become an entrepreneur on top of that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's that's the Natasha side. That's the, that's (laughs) the, yeah, the risk taker. That's what it is. (laughs) <laughs>
1: exactly, but it was actually it was one of the best things I could have done, honestly, because I knew like I was commuting three hours a day before uh, oh to go God. to work, and so I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to commute for three hours a day anymore, especially being a, a mom to a new baby, and so I started experimenting with ideas around what I could do. So my first business was actually teaching online cooking lessons to people during the pandemic, which worked really well because everyone was stuck at home. And so I was teaching about how to bring flavors from around the world into your kitchen and really switch it up so you didn't get stuck in a rut around cooking. And I turned that into um, my first launch was a $20,000 launch. Wow, and I was like okay like we were getting somewhere yeah (laughs) I went from that into launching all sorts of different offers to really figure out what my niche was and what I wanted to focus on I did retreats I did different consulting work and then over time I started to realize that what a big part of my gift was my history and background in marketing. So that's what moved me into working with people around how to tell their stories, how to build a brand, how to message around what they do and how to attract the kind of clients that they wanted to work with. And so it has been really fun because I've gotten to tap into all of my different areas of, of, of passion and interest from food to travel to talking about marketing and storytelling. And so now that's the primary focus of what I do. But uh, what really I think sets me apart in the way that I do it from a lot of other people is my main focus is that play is a core value of how I grow my business and how I encourage my clients to grow their business. So for people who are like, hey, I wanna do this, but I don't wanna grind it out, I don't want to burn myself out and I actually want to enjoy the experience of growing my business. That is one of the things that we focus on. Like fun is not just an afterthought or a side effect. It's one of the, the main things that we're after and how we build your business and your marketing strategy.
0: I love that. I love that. As soon as you said that, I'm like, Hmm, that's an interesting concept because right about now, I'm sure I'm not the only one that could use a little more fun in their lives and in their business. And I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, you have had a small baby at the time, which I mean by now, what three or four-ish. So Mm -hmm. they're still pretty active, (laughs) you know. And so we're trying to be moms and we're trying to build our businesses and live life. Where is fun like what is that you know so talk to us a little bit more about that concept and why play um, is such a big part of your approach to growing your business
1: yes so I honestly didn't know when I first started that this was even like something that was unique I think this is what a lot of people run into is that you do your thing and you don't really realize your thing is like special until somebody else points it out to you (laughs) and that's that's
0: facts right there.
1: That's yeah. facts. <laughs> and So I was working with a storytelling coach, um, as I was building the business. And so he was asked, he asked me a question. He said, what's the best compliment anyone has ever given you? And I told him that the best compliment was from my husband. He told me I was a great mom. And he said, the reason that my husband thought I was a great mom is because of the way I played with our son. And so the coach I was working with at the time, he's like, he's like started to connect the dots and he's like I see exactly like that's the secret sauce that you bring to your work is that for the people that you work with when I was doing the cooking lessons it was you give them an environment where they can play and that they can experiment and they can make mistakes and they can discover things and that they also have a playmate they have somebody to play with and like there's this entire environment where yeah where they get to tap into that playfulness because we spend so much time so ch- so focused on hard work and accomplishment and task oriented um, and so we don't really get a chance to be playful and so I built the first business really understanding that playfulness was a key part of why that worked and why people would invest and so when I came to the marketing piece I was like well, I don't want to lose that that's like the part that really makes this fun and exciting and so when as I was starting to to create what my framework was for working with people, I created the six-figure play method. And so when people work with me, we focus on the play piece. So the first part of that, the P in play, it's an acronym. So the first I part- love acronyms. Is, yes, we, we love do. acronyms on the Britney Smith
0: podcast. Yes, we do. <laughs> Continue. Thank
1: you. So the P is prioritize yourself. Um, Because I think that's the big part of playfulness is like, is that you're actually taking care of yourself and you're having fun. So the first thing that I do with my clients is we actually talk about what is it that you want? And what's the vision that you have? And why are you doing all the things that you're doing in your life and in your business? And then the next part is L, which is learn the skill set. So this is an important piece is that you actually have to know the action, the the steps to take the how. And so we go through the skill set around sales and marketing so that you have the hard skills that you need to accomplish your goals. Then A is augmenting the awareness. So a big part is not only knowing what to do, but knowing how to think about what's happening in your business. So this is really the mindset piece. And in a key part of the playfulness is that I had to switch from the employee mindset into an entrepreneurial mindset. And the foundation of that was thinking about having a win or learn mentality. So either I'm going to win and I'm going to celebrate that win, or I'm going to learn something and I'm going to celebrate that learning. And so that made actually trying new things in the business more fun because it wasn't like success or failure, success or failure, success or failure. Right, right. (laughs) Okay, let's try something new. What would be the most fun and playful way that we could solve this problem? How can we get really creative with problem solving in the business? How could I choose clients that I'd be really excited to work with? How could I create a solution for this group of people that I'd be excited to talk about instead of just a program that I'm like, "Mm, I'll put this out there and hope it works. But it's like, I'm excited to talk about it. And I really want people to join it. So that's the augmenting the awareness piece. And the last part, why is for YOLO, because you only live (laughs) one. And so we make sure that we focus on celebrating like every single thing like the actions that you're taking the wins that you're having like I send champagne to my clients when they're like hey I had this win I'm like yes let's celebrate let's pop a bottle like I send them all sorts of gifts we talk about even small things like one of my clients she's like okay after I do this task I'm gonna reward myself with some like fruit snacks <laughs> it's like whatever it takes you to feel like you're enjoying the journey uh towards the the accomplishment that you want to have because like if we only celebrate when you arrive never arrive it's like you're always gonna want no no celebration (laughs) celebration, because you're always gonna be like okay so I accomplished that thing what's next okay so I accomplished that thing what's next and so really making sure that we have uh take a moment to acknowledge ourselves and say like hey I just put really a bunch of time and energy into this And I'm proud of myself for that. And hey, I just like accomplished this and got this result. I'm really proud of myself for that. So actually taking the time to do that.
0: I love that. We definitely have to celebrate more. Um, And like you said, if we only focus on arriving, we will never celebrate. Because there's always room for improvement. There's always Correct. room for growth. There's always room for expansion, right? And so if we always get to the point where we're ready to expand and we just go ahead and expand and we don't celebrate the fact that we got to that point, you're absolutely right in terms of we would just never, it, there, we would have balloons in the corner and never get to blow them up. You know? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. And then
1: it just makes it feel like your your business is like always, Just work, and it's always an uphill battle. And it's like, oh, there's never a point where you actually feel like you've accomplished because you're always on to the next one.
0: So let me ask you this: in your personal business, what does your your celebration system look like? Right. So when I say that, um, you know, are there certain types of things that you celebrate? Are there certain ways that you celebrate those certain kinds of things? Is it like a monthly thing, or as it comes up? Like, tell us what that looks like for you personally.
1: Yeah. So when I think about like, I have a goal and there's something that I want to accomplish, I always use the law of cause and effect. So I say, okay, this is the cause that this is the effect that I want. So for instance, money is always an effect. So I want money to come into my business. So then I think about what causes money, what causes money is sales. Okay. So what causes sales? Now that's the effect I want. And I move back into the cause. So once I get into a cause, that's actually the steps that I'm going to take. Then I write, I build my, my schedule of what I'm going to do around those action steps. So if it was like, I'm going to fill up this program, well, what do I need to do to fill up this program? I need to do this kind of marketing. I need to reach out to these affiliate partners. I need to do X, Y, and Z. So when I accomplish those things, when I take those action steps, that's one of the times that I celebrate because I'm celebrating myself for taking the action because that's the thing that I can control. And so if I can make sure that I, I celebrate myself for taking action and doing that part of it, then I'm, I'm going to be having a positive reinforcement around taking the action. A lot right. of times people will only focus on celebrating when the success of like the result comes and they don't celebrate the action. And the thing is, is that you can't always control the result. Like you can do everything right and still not get the result. Right. And it's just you know, a matter of circumstances but if you can celebrate yourself for taking the action consistently, then eventually results will show up, but you have to to celebrate the consistent action so that you actually reinforce the fact that, okay, I'm going to keep taking action even when I don't see the result yet. It's like, you know, if you're trying to lose weight, and it's like you step on the scale every time and you're like, the weight's not gone yet, weight's not gone yet. But right. if you stop, the, the weight would never go anywhere. But if right. you can consistently celebrate yourself and say like, hey, I'm putting in the work, I'm doing my workouts, I'm eating really, you know, clean, healthy food. And then you celebrate yourself by, you know, taking yourself out to a movie or whatever, then you're going to consistently keep doing the thing that you need to do. So I have that same approach when it comes to the action. So I celebrate it. Um, when I'm like okay I set out the goal to do this many actions and this sort of timeline I always when I have a goal I set the timeline so when I reach the end of that timeline then I would pick like what kind of celebration that I want to have whether that's going out to somewhere to eat or buying myself something nice or going to get like a pedicure or whatever it might be might be whatever thing is going to like light me up and make me feel really happy. Sometimes it's buying gifts for my son. Actually, I just like to see him super happy. So when I'm like, "Mommy had something positive happen. Here's it, a new toy for you." Cuz it <laughs> makes me feel good to see him excited. Um we actually just did like a spontaneous trip to Disneyland last weekend um nice. because I hadn't um I had a few things that I hadn't celebrated yet and I was like, "Okay, like we should just like have fun." So it was just me and my son. We just went and flew down to Uh, Anaheim for the weekend and that was like our fun little celebration was doing that so celebrating the action and then obviously when you create results that you're really proud of when you when I sign new clients on or when I have an event that's successful those kinds of things I also will celebrate and give myself things so I have actually a little list in my phone of like things that I want to do or things I want to buy and um, I will just go through that list and tick things
0: off (laughs) Well, the funny thing is, and this is why it's it's the Natasha thing, I'm telling you. So I too have a list in my phone. Um, it's called <laughs> the Britney Care List. Um, and it's all the things that I like. It's you know, my favorite from the small, my favorite candy to, you know, expensive things that I want one day, all but and everything in between. So I love that that you do that already. Um, and and it is something that I know that we all need to practice more. Um, I had a client, we did a VIP day last month um, and the concentration for her VIP day was that she wanted to start her podcast. And so we did all the things to set up her podcast. We recorded her intro and outro. I recorded her, you know, making a video and kind of saying this was so great. My issue is I never get around to posting these things and so mm-hmm. yesterday she um so she launched her podcast this week Woo-hoo. yeah um, you guys check out the Charlie B podcast on Spotify yeah. um and and so she had her first episode had 50 listens, 50 downloads, which That's is awesome. huge for her first episode you know she didn't really have a following before that or anything so um but again, I am always just like, looking at the next thing, mm-hmm. you know, so this is really crunching my toes right now where I should have paused to celebrate her, but then also celebrate my system that worked. Yeah. You know what I'm saying she was my first, um, my first VIP day podcast client. Um, and so to see that we actually produce the podcast is like, Whoa. Um, but you know, but to your point, it's sometimes easy for us to kind of like minimize what we've done because we're just in the work of it, you know. Uh, and, and at the same time, it's like, ah, oh, all I did was things that are are normal for me, but it's life-changing for her, you know. So I have to do a better job at that. And I know that those who are listening, that many of them have to do a better job at it as well, because you're absolutely right. If we don't, it'll suck the life out of why we do what we do. And we'll only always be confronted with the hard parts with exactly. the parts with the challenging parts with the irritating client parts and the you know we don't even celebrate the the great clients cuz the irritating clients are just like this you know so mm-hmm. um, you're absolutely right in this um you mentioned um kind of having a goal and doing the things around that particular goal so for example um a mastermind program or or a program that you want to launch how do you um help your clients get through the mindset piece of launching a new something in their business oh yeah (laughs) well there's
1: there's many things that come up I mean like it could be there's lots of fear there's often imposter syndrome that comes up all those things so it depends on what it is that that's coming up in particular um I actually I just had a conversation with a client today she's launching a new program and the thing that's coming up for her was commitment issues And she's like, I don't, she couldn't commit to a date. And then she couldn't commit to like when she was going to start the promotion, those kinds of things. So um, I think the biggest thing is looking at what the pattern is that my clients have. And one of the ways that we noticed what pattern she had coming up was in her sales conversations, looking to see what kind of objection was coming up most frequently for her. And so the objection that she was getting again and again was uh, people that were not ready to like move forward. And so um, what I've noticed is usually when we are seeing something showing up in the kind of clients that we're attracting or in the sales conversations that we're having, it's really a reflection of what's showing up inside of us. Mm -hmm. And so she was having trouble getting people to commit because she was not making commitments herself. And so it's always difficult to get somebody to do something and influence somebody to do something that you're not doing yourself. And so when people came up with excuses or reasons or circumstances for to not move forward, she couldn't She couldn't challenge them around that because she couldn't challenge herself around her own commitment issues. And so she was like, oh, my God, I see it so clearly now. And so in that conversation, we're like, "Okay, well, the thing that you have to do is you have to make a commitment. So what are you going to make a commitment to? And so whenever it comes to mindset issues, the first thing is awareness. We always, that's what the A is to augment the awareness. So you have to recognize what is the mindset issue? What is the thing that's getting in your way? Whether that's fear, shame, blame, guilt, all of those things. The first thing we do is actually recognizing it. And then we create a plan of action because the only thing that will take you through that is there has to be action. You right. can't think your way out of it. And so if you sit there and you're like, okay, I'm just going to like fix my mind, and <laughs> that never really works. Yeah. Like, okay. I'm going to take one thought out, but I'm going to replace it with a new thought. So the first thing is like, okay, this is my old way of being. What's the new way of being that I'm going to choose to commit to? So if the new way of being is I'm going to make commitments, the new way of being is I'm going to be a person who it has integrity and I'm gonna follow through. So if you say that, that's the new way that you're going to be, you've gotta always replace something. So you've replaced it with this new thought. Now, what's the action that I take that's in alignment with that? So if I'm gonna show up as a person who is full of integrity and makes commitments, then make the list of what are the actions you're actually going to do because now you're taking action that's in alignment with this new way of being. So we were on the phone and she's like, okay, these are the this is the date for the event. She picked the date for the event and she's like, okay, these are the people that you need to reach out to because they've been waiting for you to pick the date for the event so that you can actually sell the program to them. And then uh, when are you going to start that marketing and how many times are you going to market it and block that time out in your calendar so that you actually, so now we're actually taking action that's in alignment with that new way of being. So the awareness comes first, figuring out what that, that way of being is that's not working you, not working for you. It's not getting you what you want. Then choosing the new way that they want to commit to being and then finding action that's in alignment with that new way.
0: Awesome. 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 Ladies, I hope you got all of that um, because I know, you know a part of our challenges with growth and with, with success in our business is mindset. Mm-hmm. It is us getting past ourselves. We in the way. Um, and and I can totally identify with your client. Um, I just had a workshop two, three weeks ago. And prior to the workshop, I'm like, yeah, I'm about to, you know, try to pitch this mastermind to the world. And my, my pastor slash coach was like, you need to have an in-person event. And I was like, why do I need to have an in-person event when I'm just going to You know, put this mastermind out there, and we're just gonna master the minds together. Um, And she's like, "You need to have a middle step, okay?" I was trying to jump over the middle step and just go (laughs) go for the big program. Um, And so, to your point, the initial thing that rose up was, "I'm not gonna get people to come to this event. I'm not gonna be able to get them to come in Mm -hmm. person." Um, And so, once I worked through that, I said, "Okay, they're not coming if I don't have a venue and I don't have a date." they can't come right so you're right you're not going to get people to come if you don't actually put it in place so the same day i booked the venue i put a deposit down put real money down so I couldn't get it back so it had to happen i found a food uh, you know a food vendor and all those things so i like you said i did the steps what what comes naturally to planning an event you need a venue you need to get your content together you need to figure it all out you need to set up a platform that people can actually register so once i did those steps i was like oh I'm having an event and exactly. something shifted in my brain. It was like, oh, well, now I just got to tell people about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you're absolutely right. There are some parts of it that are us just literally doing the things, accomplishing the, te- the small little checklist off the list um, and doing the things. But then once we see that it's built, it's like, oh, okay, I feel better inviting people to something that's actually there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think the thing is, is like thinking like, I'm gonna feel ready, or I'm going to know what to do before I do it. And it's like, you don't really feel ready beforehand. It's like, you have to start doing it. And then the feeling ready. It's like this whole idea of courage and bravery. It's like, I'm gonna feel really courageous and brave. And then it's like, no, you do the thing. And then on the other side of it, you recognize that you were brave because you did it in the face of the fear and all the resistance that came up. And now you've done this and you plan the, you're planning an event. And so now now you know exactly what you need to do. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. And so, um, I want you to talk about, um, the ways, because we're, we're talking about planning events and stuff now, right? Like we have trainings, we have programs, we both serve coaches and, and consultants and content creators who are building these things out to give their expertise to the masses. So talk about some of the benefits of using those services or those offerings as a way to increase your revenue.
1: Uh, using which sort like masterminds and, cl- yeah, and like workshops. training
0: workshops, programs, those kinds of things. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so I always tell people that when you are creating your offerings, one of the things that you want to consider is making sure that you are hitting the points on about val- on the value mountain. And so I think of your value mountain is basically there's this big, huge mountain that your ideal client wants to get to the top of. And so you are like a Sherpa who is going to guide them to the top of this mountain. So the top of the mountain is like their grand desire. So that could be like, they want to make a lot of money or they want to be really healthy or they want to have really great relationships. So that's always what's going to be at the top of the mountain. One of those three core desires is going to be at the top of the mountain and you're the guide that helps them to get there. And so not everybody is going to be ready and willing to scale all the way to the top. If you've ever been mountain climbing, I remember when I was a kid, we went to uh, Mount Rainier, which is a mountain near us, and we were like, "We're going to climb this mountain." And then the whole of my family got there, and they're like, "Yeah, we're just going to hang out at this little box <laughs> down here." Nobody realized that mountain climbing is like like a for real thing you need to prepare for. <laughs> so not everybody's going to be ready to go to the top. So some people are going to want to climb all the way to the top with you, and you want to make sure that you have offers for those people. So those are your offers that are like you know, maybe one-to-one coaching. Those are longer programs, really in-depth programs that are going to get them the full transformation. Those are things that go all the way to the top of your mountain, maybe a mastermind, those kinds of things. So those are typically your done for you type of offers or one-on-one work with somebody. And then you also have people that will only want to maybe go halfway up the mountain with you. And these are your done with you kinds of offers. So these are the offers where you're going to work with somebody. Um, This might be like a group program or other offerings where like courses and things like that, where you work alongside someone to help them get the transformation. And then towards the bottom of your mountain are those kinds of offers where you, those are DIY offers. So these are things more like training, workshops, master classes, events and webinars, where you're going to do some teaching and somebody's going to walk away with the information that they need in order for them to create an outcome. So if you are starting out, the two that I tell people they should always have are one at the bottom and one at the top. So -hmm. you always want to make sure that you have that introductory offer, the one at the bottom, because that's really the opportunity for people to start that journey with you. They start climbing the mountain with you. So they get to know you. They build the know, like, and trust with you. You have that rapport building. And now you have an ascension opportunity to help them go further up the mountain with you. The other one that you always want to have is the one at the top, which is your done for you offer, because this gets somebody all the way to the top of the mountain. And so if you have somebody who comes to you and you only have something that's at the bottom of the mountain, when it's time for them to go the rest of the way, you have nothing to offer them. So they go elsewhere and they spend money with somebody else. And Mm -hmm. so if you really want to help your clients get the full transformation, like if they're like, hey, I want to transform my relationship, or I want to be able to, you know, have a business that hits multiple six figures, and that my marketing is completely figured out and solved, or I want a full branding package, whatever it might be, you need to have something that gets them all of that. And so those are typically going to be your premium higher ticket offer where you work with somebody to get the full transformation. So you always want to have that the middle offer the done with you offer is the one that Um, you only start to use that once you have a full built out framework. So that means like you have a system that you help people with so that you don't actually have to do as much one-on-one work with them. So typically a lot of people rush into having group programs is my, has been my experience when they don't have a framework yet. And so it makes it much harder because you're tr- basically trying to do one-on-one coaching within a group environment. Yeah. And yeah. so that's actually what happens is it's not really done with you. It's just one-on-one program in a group environment. So you're typically <laughs> probably just undercharging and not making as much money as you should be because all those clients should just be one on one clients that you help. So um, I I mean that's a whole tangent that I can go off
0: I was gonna ask you. So uh, because I totally agree. I totally agree and have even been in that position sometimes where I like I'll have something and I'm like I should have charged more for this because yeah. you find that people they weren't ready, they weren't at the place where they could, you know, digest the material on their own enough to do the work and benefit from what you wanted to give. And so you end up giving them more because you realize that they're still needing a bottle when you got steak over here talking about, here, eat this, you know? <laughs> so um, so I, I want people to understand uh, and everybody listening is on on the spectrum, right? Like there are some that are uh, having business ideas and then there are some who have been in business now, you know, for a couple of years. Um, and I find that it's always, there, it's always a tricky thing trying to figure out your value ladder, right like okay, what is enough to be my lower hanging fruit? What should my middle middle one be you know I want to give a lot but I don't want to give everything and then how do I price? all of them accordingly so that it's a, it's a natural progression. And if I'm doing, especially if we're working with business owners and what we're doing is supposed to help them with their business. If they come in at my lower offer, what I'm teaching them should hopefully help them once it's, once it's applied, help them to be able to afford the next thing. And then we do the next thing. And then hopefully once we're done with that, they're like, yo, I can't leave you now. You helped me get this far. So talk about that customer journey, and how to craft that in a way that makes sense. I was going to say <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Make the sensicals for us, please, Natasha.
1: <laughs> yes, um, I love this because this is the thing that I've been uh, really locking in into my business over the past, uh, past year. So um, when people are starting out with you, like you said, you want to have that offer that helps them get a win, helps them get a result. So when you're creating that DIY offer, um, it can look like a lot of different things. It could be the trainings that we talked about. It could be your social media. So I use like a Facebook group, a free Facebook group. It could be a podcast that you have. All of these things are ways for you to build that relationship with people and for them to be able to use that to get some kind of an outcome. So when I'm thinking about this, usually my thing at the bottom is going to be free to low cost. And low cost can be different for various people, but I usually typically think of it as gonna be something that's under $1,000 for the most part um, when I'm pricing these kinds of things. To pick your specific pricing, it depends on really the value that, of what's gonna be in there because you always want the, pri- the price to be less than the value. You want the value to greatly outweigh the price that you're attaching to something. So if I tell somebody, hey, you come into this program and um, when you get to the end of this program, you're gonna know exactly how to uh, how to message around your your offer to bring in premium clients. So what is the value of that? Well, if I tell people that in order to work with me, you need to have a $2,000 program. If they can close one client, that means that they are able to make $2,000. So the value of this would be at a minimum $2,000. So I can easily price that offer and say, I'm going to charge you $500 because the value of this is greatly outweighed by the price point. So that's the thing that the kind of the math that we're doing is, is there's um, thinking about the value, we're also thinking about the speed, because you can also charge more if you're going to get a personal result faster. So if you're like, hey, you do this with me for one day, like a VIP day, and then you can charge more for a VIP day because of the speed, versus if you're like, hey, you have to work with me for a year, then it's like, oh, okay, well, Um, If I'm going to create a podcast in a year, you're probably not going to be able to charge as much because that's a really long time to have to create a podcast. (laughs) Versus, I could create it with you in a day then it's like, oh, okay, I can get the result really, really quickly. So those are some of the factors that we that we consider. The last one is effort, perceived effort by the person. So if they perceive the effort as very low for them. You can also raise the price higher. That's why done for you feel is usually more expensive because it's like, I don't have to do that much. You're going to do it for me. Okay, I'll pay a little bit more. So those are the factors that we're considering when we're pricing it at all the different levels. So that first level done DIY, usually under $1,000 cheaper type of offer. Then we move into the done with you. This is really, this can be a huge, huge range when it comes to pricing because it depends on like where you are in terms of your overall price point um but for the most part i think of these offers anywhere up to like probably $5,000 or $10,000 for most of them but some people have done with you offers that are like you know i've i've seen a done with you offer that was $50,000 so it really it really 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 varies well, all right
0: hey <laughs> <laughs> mad at yeah, you it's just so- <laughs>
1: for me like for most of most of the stuff that i would put in that range it would be anywhere from probably five to maybe 15 or 20 would be probably the the top that i see for the average and then up at the top for your done for you offers that can obviously again it could be huge it could be from right. ten thousand dollars to a hundred thousand dollars just depending on what kind of offering that you have um but the key thing there is really again coming back to your own like goals around how much money that you want to make and the revenue that you want to make, how many clients can you actually sustain and making sure that you price yourself for being able to make the kind of money you want with the amount of clients that you can actually hold. I'll talk to people and they'll be like, "Oh, okay, um I can't I want to charge, you know, $700 a month for this program. And I'll ask them, how many clients could you have? And they'll be like, oh, okay, I can hold maybe about 10 clients. And then they'll say, and my goal for the year is 10K months. And I'm like, okay, well, if you have $700 a month times 10 clients, that's $7,000. So you actually can't reach 10K months without you burning yourself out because you have to have an additional like four clients per month beyond what you say is your capacity for the um." for a month, uh, for on a month to month basis. So really making sure that you also do the math around, okay, these are my goals, my financial goals of what I want to achieve and how many clients can I realistically hold? And now have I have I included packages where I can sell one of those and be able to hit my financial goals? So that might mean that you might need to have a larger package, like you are done for you offer that higher ticket offer. You might need to add that to your suite if you don't have it or you might need to add a larger version of it. So maybe you only have like a $3,000 offer and that's where you topping out right now. And you're like, hey, I'm not gonna hit my financial goals by just selling that $3,000 offer. So what if you had a $7,500 offer? What could that look like? So that right. you could actually hit your financial goals and then thinking about, well, what would my person need in order for them to feel like they're getting enough value in that $7,500 offer?
0: Yeah, no, so this is really good. So so ladies, listen, what one thing I hear Natasha saying is raise your prices. Yes. <laughs> yeah,
1: long story short, you're not enough charging sure.
0: enough. Raise your prices. In <laughs> her sweet, her sweet tone or very kind. She's like, sis, you're not charging enough. That's what she's doing all of this. Her Natasha yeah, totally. side is doing all of this. But
1: <laughs> um, um, making
0: sure that it's
1: it's also that. The value is there.
0: Yes, and for the most part, the value
1: is there, and most people do need to just to raise their prices.
0: Absolutely, (laughs) but
1: also just making sure that the value is there because I think sometimes people like think, "Oh, I'll just add a couple
0: zeros," (laughs) and that's not. not So, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about that real quick, and then we'll land the plane. So, what do you? How do you gauge value? Like if you're working with a client and they're like, "Yeah, why am just going to raise my prices?" Like, how do you assess what, um, how, how do you assess whether what they're bringing to the table and what they're offering is worth the price that they want to put out there? And then I guess for the entrepreneur listening, how do I assess, right? Like, yes, I want to take into account my time that I'm putting into this, you know, do I think about how many years of experience I have in the business, Or do I think about how many clients I've gotten? You know, like as as a testament to the fact that I'm good at what I do. So Mm -hmm. how do we navigate that, and how do we determine value as it relates to how much we can charge?
1: Yes. So I think there's a couple pieces. But you had a a, a few great points there. One is looking at it through the eyes of your your client, of the person who's actually going to be buying this. So what is the value of that outcome to them in their eyes? So if you're saying that you're going to help somebody have their, you know, dream wedding, well, what's the value of that in their eyes? And so this could be looking at it through the financial costs, the opportunity costs, the emotional costs. So if you're removing stress from them, if you're helping them save money on their wedding, because you have relationships, etc. So all of these would be things that would help build the value of this in their in their eyes so that's one piece of it is like looking at it through the eyes of your potential client of what would they invest in order to get the outcome how important is it to them to get that outcome and so that's also another thing that if you're feeling like you need to raise your prices it may also mean you need to change your target audience because you might be targeting an audience where the perceived value is not that high I actually had a client who had this issue where she was targeting healthcare workers with around like coaching, life, lifestyle coaching. And what she realized was that the the healthcare workers didn't really value that that highly. They kind of just believe like, you know, my life is hard and that's just the way things are. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I mean, being in the healthcare setting, there's a lot of things that they can't control. And so for them to have a mentality that like they could control the way they feel and feel better about their situation, it was really hard to sell them on that. And their perceived value around a change was not very high. So she had to change her target market to somebody who did value that more so that she could charge what she wanted to charge. So the perceived value may be higher if you switch to a different audience. They may not be the audience that you're currently targeting. So that's part number one. And then part number 2 is really about your expertise what you were saying earlier is how sure and assured are you that you can help people get that outcome and that you can consistently help people get that outcome so if you're a beginner and you're starting out your confidence level around helping people get that outcome and your you know your your list of testimonials and social proof might be pretty small So it doesn't make sense for you to try to charge a whole bunch of money for two people because it just wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't be an ethical thing for you to be like coming out the gate, charge a $50,000 and it's like, well, do you have $50,000 kind of experience? No, you don't. So you want to start at a lower level so that you can start to build up your um, experience level and so that you can start to have testimonials and social proof. And so you'll charge less. And then as you build up the amount of clients that you've worked with and you've built up your system where you can say, I really have a true system where I can consistently get people from point A to point B and I know that I can repeat that process over and over again. And then that's when you raise your prices because you now have a consistent repeatable process to help people get a result and you are an expert. And so people will pay more for that expertise. And so I raise my prices over time. When I first started out, I charged a much different amount than I charge now. And as I get better and as I learn more and as I do more, my prices will go up because I'm bringing more value to the table. I'm able to do more. I'm able to teach people more effectively. People get better results, faster results. So all of those things over time, as you're getting better, your prices should also reflect the fact that you're getting better and better. So if you've never raised your prices, definitely you need to look at those prices and be like, OK, well, you know, you, you designed websites back in the day and it used to take you a month to put that website together. But if you can do a, a website in you know, a week now, well, your prices should reflect the fact that you are now better and you can do what you did in a month in a week now.
0: I love it. I love it. And listen, you said, if you've never raised your prices ever, if you've been in business for a minute and you've never raised your prices, you just need to raise your prices off the strength that you've been in business and you're still in business, that right. people are still coming to you <laughs> for whatever that service or product is. It means you have some have something that's valuable. And also, I love that you mentioned social proof. Um, in the industry that we are in, in terms of serving businesses, right? There's nothing better than a word of mouth referral or um, a testimonial that you know the person had a really amazing experience because now in the society that we live in, people people live and die by those things. like they will go on Yelp, they will look at Amazon reviews, they will yep. look and see what people have said about this service. and if your results or your um, your reviews are glowing, Um, People are more inclined to trust that (laughs) than actually looking at the things that you offer and like, you know, doing the regular research, they'll look at what people have said, um, which is why I mean, again, another tangent, which is why you definitely need to promote the work that you've done, like Mm -hmm. in the past, for me, that's a part of the celebration. A part of the celebration is, hey guys, look at what I did or yeah. look at what I pulled together. Sorry, uh, so did, you I already, did you post
1: that about your client, the VIP day yet? <laughs> Listen,
0: I'm going to do it this week. I need to do okay. it today, but today. I'm like, up to I'm up to my eyeballs and stuff. And so it's like, all right, I have to pull myself together because I really do. I need to share it. Like I need to, you're right, Natasha. Okay. You're right. <laughs> See, it's the, it's the accountability going on here. Um, no, so you're absolutely right. So we have to do the things. Um, and again, it just kind of reciprocates the pat on the back. You know, like you got to give yourself a pat on the back um, from time to time so that you can keep on going. Um So listen, I mean, we could we could be here for a minute because there are other things swirling in my head. So we may need to do a part two or something. Um, But Natasha, this has been great. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on the show. Tell us what you have. You mentioned you had a membership program for people to come into your world, come into your space and start to get some of these nuggets. So tell us about that and how we can partake.
1: Yes. So I have a membership group, it's called the Six Figure Inner Circle. And this is a way that you can work with me if what you're looking for is more structure in your business, and you really want to have support around what to be doing on a daily, a weekly and a monthly basis in your business to move yourself forward towards that first milestone of hitting $100,000 in your business on the way to building your multi six-figure or seven-figure empire. So what I do is I give you guidance on a daily basis around the content to write and how to market yourself. And then on a weekly basis, we focus on one of four areas, either your marketing, your nurturing, your prospecting, or your sales conversion. And finally, you get Q and A support from me. So all the questions that we've been talking about today—if you're like, "Hey, I want to dig even deeper into that kind of stuff with Natasha and ask her more questions"—that's what we do inside that community. So um, if you're interested in that, you can um, find me on Facebook at um, all the All In Women or on Instagram at the All In Women as well. And you can come check us out there, ask some questions and um, dig in more into that. I've also have a free Facebook group. Um, I think I mentioned this earlier that I have a free Facebook group. So if you're like, hey, I want to just like hang out in your world, um, we're at the, um, if you go to facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash six figure marketing, um, you can find us there.
0: Awesome. 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 Ladies, I know you got something out of this. And if nothing else, raise your prices. Um, but- <laughs> Natasha, thanks again for hanging out with us on the Brittany Smith podcast. You guys make sure you check her out at the all in woman on Facebook and Instagram. Like she said, just connect with her so that you can see, you know, as she's posting things, whenever you're ready to jump all in, you can go ahead and work with her. Um And as you know, you can always connect with me on Facebook as well in the Female Coaches, Consultants, and Content Creators group on Facebook. Um, and yeah, I'm so excited that you guys are here. I pray that you will apply what you've gotten from this. One of my major takeaways is to celebrate. I'm going to go ahead and post. So y'all going to check my page. If y'all don't see nothing by the end of today, whenever the day is, just go back because it's not going to be today. But just. <laughs> go back on my page and make sure i posted about the charlie B podcast okay um but we have to celebrate ourselves and our milestones and the things that we do because what we do matters what we do in our business matters we are out here changing lives in these streets um and nobody knows about it unless you tell them about it okay so um thank you guys for hanging out with us and we'll see you next week for another episode of the britney smith podcast bye Thanks for tuning in today. Be sure to leave a comment and then share this episode with another amazing lady who needs to hear today's show. Yes, girl, I'm serious. Just send her the link and say, girl, listen to this. Want to hang out with me every day? Head over to Facebook and join the female coaches, consultants and content creators group on Facebook. Or you can join my mailing list in the links below this episode. Girl, I enjoyed our conversation. Stay amazing. And remember, you are loved, you are needed and nobody. I repeat, Nobody can do what you do the way you do it. See you next time on the Britney Smith Podcast.